welcome to West Coast University Los Angeles Operation Pass NCLEX. I am your host, Debbie Reed, the Manager of Persistence and Outcomes. We are in week six of summer 2021 term. If you are a 493 student, you'll be taking the VADI Fundamentals Assessment this week. Make sure you do the VADI pre-work before each assessment and check your messages daily from your VADI coach. Remember to complete the Dr. Khan questions every week as well. Only four weeks remain as you prepare for your exit exam. If you need assistance, please reach out early to Dr. Khan or to myself. Delayed requests for assistance may result in late work completion and a need to redo this term. If you are a 480 student, you'll be taking the pharmacology capstone assessment this week. Do not forget to complete the pre and post work. You can do this five weeks left until the term ends. Please make sure you are preparing each week for class and reaching out to your professor for one-on-one -on -one tutoring and the nursing academic specialist, Hermie Barbieto, if you are not achieving passing grades. For the West of, rest of West Coast University who may be listening in, reach out early for help. Your instructor is conducting group and one-on-one -on -one tutoring, and you have the nursing academic specialist workshops and one-on-one -on -one sessions available. Take advantage of everything that we have to offer you. It is all set up for your success. This week's podcast is discussing ATI Fundamentals Chapter 26 and 27 with Professor Reyes. In addition, we have a series of podcasts and vlogs regarding test-taking anxiety and skills by nursing academic specialist Cindy Roulette. This week will be part one. Hi, everybody. Uh, this is Dr. Reyes, and we'll be going over um, chapter 26 and 27 of your ATI book. And we're basically going to cover the health assessment, um, physical assessment, the general survey. We're, we're also going to be talking vital signs and pain assessment in these uh, two chapters. So let's let's get going. Um, I have on ATI open the under health assess simulation, uh, the module called general survey, and it has everything from those two chapters that we're gonna cover. So I advise that you do all the video clips and it also has NCLEX style questions for you to answer and matching questions. So I really recommend you do those. Even if you did them already, it's always good to review because we always review as nurses, right? Not, not everything stays in our minds. So uh, here we go. I thought this was such a great um, module to do uh, versus reading uh, besides <laughs> reading your book because you also we also have to read the books uh, so here's the overview or summary of the general survey what do we um, in summer it's like a summary of the patient's physical appearance their body structure mobility behavior um, height and weight, and we also uh, document their vital signs along with their pain. So we have a baseline to work with. Okay, so um, let's start with uh, appearance. We're collecting objective information, and we're also collecting subjective information. So I, I suggest you review objective information, data, and subjective. Remember, objective is what we observe, what we can see in patients. I always call it like the 
all the red flags, what doesn't seem normal, right, uh, for that particular patient. And subjective is what the patient tells you, usually how they feel. Uh, if they have pain, uh, they can tell you, I'm feeling chest pain, okay, uh, or they can tell you, I'm feeling sad today. Even though there might be a facial expression of sadness, we don't know until the patient really lets us know, right? Okay. So make sure you review because it could get tricky sometimes with objective, confusing objective with subjective. So review the information. Here we go with some facial features. So we're noticing in the face, um, before we go over this, uh, just remember the four uh Techniques of uh, the physical assessment include inspection, uh, auscultation, percussion, and palpation. So don't forget that. So in inspection, you're looking and you're also noting odors. When you're auscultating, you're listening, right? Usually the heart sounds, uh, breath sounds, uh, bowel sounds. So we're, we're detecting the sounds produced by the body. Uh, in percussion, we're lightly tapping areas or body cavities to detect fluid, the size of the body cavity. If we detect also anything, should not be there. And also, um, we're producing sounds or we're tapping in the body and we can detect when there's fluid, uh, right? And then palpation. We palpate pulses. We palpate the skin to note temperature changes, right? Elevated or when the temperature feels really low or the patient feels really cold. So we use those assessment techniques um, a lot and to detect, okay, any changes out of the norm. Okay, so first with the, with the symmetry of the face, and it gives you some examples of, of uh, people with symmetrical faces here. What would be unexpected findings? Uh, drooping of the eyelid or drooping of the lip, such as in Bell's palsy, or if patients ha um, have suffered a stroke, or any kind of neurodeficit, okay? Also swelling, any lesions in the face, okay, that you might note. Here is an ex some an ex uh, expression Less face, eye twitch, or the one with the facial lesions, right? You will note the lesions. Okay. Uh, also, making sure uh, you note their emotional state, their behavior, how they're behaving with you. Uh, you're going to be able to detect um, things that you would not normally think it's uh, uh, for that situation. Maybe if the patient's restless or grimacing, quiet, or, or uh, the client is in pain, anxious, upset, right? If something's upset, if someone's upset, you will note uh, with their emotional state. And they will probably let you know verbally or somehow. Uh, they will let you know eye contact. You would expect um, a person to look at you when you're speaking to them. 
uh, unexpected would be if they are avoiding eye contact with you. Uh, it can indicate confusion, anxiety, defensiveness. Okay. We're also noting the patient's level of consciousness. Are they oriented to person, place, time, and situation? Okay, and you know the questions to ask here for a person. You're going to be identifying them with their uh, first and last name, date of birth, okay, uh, where they're at, okay, their location, the time of day, what day it is, and the situation, what brought you to, you know, the hospital. Anything unexpected. So, um, just like uh, patients with dementia, I apologize for the mowing of the lawn right now. I'm going to talk a bit louder for this. Uh, Clan who's uh, says here delirium has acute confusion and that comes and goes. You know, may, they might respond to a question but later uh, give you something that doesn't make sense to you. Uh, okay, so coming and going, uh, coming and go in confusion. Somebody who's lethargic, not much energy, or not fully awake, or they doze off to sleep. That is very unexpected, right? Okay. All right, so for behavior, we note their speech, their mood, and uh, that'll also be part of their behavioral assessment. So speech, do they make sense when they speak? Do they have uh, any slurred or garbled speech? Okay. Anything unexpected, hoarse voice, or if they just whisper throughout your conversation with them. Any note of aphasia, meaning they're struggling to express themselves in words. Okay. And we talked about the mood. If, um, you know, uh, you're going to ask them how, you, how they're feeling. And they're going to let you know, good, bad, um, or maybe they might be depressed. Okay. Want to get rid of... Um, okay. Personal hygiene. We also note if they are... Um, you know, they have some personal hygiene and they don't have any body odor uh, or, you know, if they're comb their hair, um, they're well-groomed, okay? These are also a part of the assessment of the general survey. Their dental hygiene, so of course we're going to assess their um, oral mucosa, making sure it's pink and moist. And they don't have any lesions on their lips or cracked dry lips, also on the tongue uh, when they say ah, uh, and that their teeth, no lesions on gums or bleeding gums, okay? We want to make sure uh, that all is okay. Now, body structure and their mobility. We're going to assess how they walk, their gait, and we want to know if they can stand up can stand up straight and maintain their body alignment, right? So we will note unexpected findings would be like a hunchback or also called kyphosis, right? Uh, and um, 
anything else that might not seem that is expected. Okay, you would document. And you can see the pictures here with a gentleman over here. And mobility, it even shows you a little clip here. <laughs> it, it just shows the the musculoskeletal, <laughs> the leg, right? How it should be moving. Nice and smooth, uh, steady movements are uh, a proper gait. Right? When there are unexpected findings, uh, stumbling, shuffling, dragging, limping uh, is unexpected for gait. Involuntary movements like um, tremors, uh, ticks, okay, that, those are involuntary. Any rigidity you will note in uh, their mobility, okay? That's it for that. We measure the height and the weight. Uh, their BMIs, okay. Uh, make sure you, in the hospital, I just wanted to mention real quick, if uh, the patient is not physically able to get up, we also have waist uh, scales on the bed. So we will measure their weight on, on their bed as well to see if there's any changes in weight, because that's important to note, height and weight for the patient. Make sure you do this case study to help you uh, learn all these uh, findings for the general survey and the measurements for height and weight. Now let's get on to vital signs. So for vital signs, we note temperature, pulse, respirations, blood pressure, pulse, oximetry and pain which is pain is the only one that from here that is subjective everything else is objective so for temperature we can monitor that with um, the thermometer so uh, the temperatures definition is um, a balance of heat production conservation and loss so we note a low body temperature or a hypothermia or a, a severely elevated temperature like hyperthermia here. And the normal for an adult would be 96.8 to 100.4 degrees Fahrenheit. And there's different types of thermometers. And I really love this picture. It has for the temporal uh, artery, the tympanic um, temperature, oral, axillary, and rectal. Okay, uh, oral is the most commonly used uh, to uh, measure temperature, but if something is wrong, if a patient uh, drank like iced tea, something really cold, or something really hot, we have to wait a while until we can take that temperature. Uh, here on this specific module, it says wait 10 minutes, but I know in your other ATI in the book, it says about 15 to 30 minutes. So, uh, yeah, um, I would I would call it by at least a uh, 15-minute wait would be the best, or 10 to 15. Okay. Rectal temp is rarely used, but it gives you an, uh, the best, it's the best uh, in accuracy for measuring temperature. Um, but since it's invasive and very uncomfortable to the patient, 
you know, uh, we don't do it as much. Also, we won't check the rectal temp if we see rectal bleeding, hemorrhoids, or any type of lesion or breakdown in the skin on the rectal area. We will not use the rectal thermometer. All the others, like temporal, auxiliary, tympanic, they're, they're pretty quick to use, but not as accurate as the rectal and the oral <laughs> thermometers, okay? And you will read about that. For your pulse, um, it, so it gives you information when you measure the pulse about the circulatory status and the cardiac status of, of the person. Okay, so uh, make sure you note all the pulse sites. Uh, you know, we most common we use the radial pulses. They're easier access. But if a patient, especially unconscious patients or a quick change in, um, uh, in, in a patient's health all of a sudden, we, uh, the best areas to check are the carotid or the uh, apical pulse. And you remember about the carotid, right? It's the only one you don't check at the same time bilaterally, right? So make sure you review. Uh, okay. Uh, we'll also use a Doppler device. If patients have diminished blood flow or it's really hard for us to detect the pulse um, by just uh, palpating and or listening to it. So we, uh, if the patient's obese, it's best to use the Doppler device. Uh, to detect um, the blood flow, the pulse here, okay? And it shows you here. I would watch these clips for you. <laughs> if I could, practice, 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 rate and rhythm. Uh, you know, the pulse, the normal pulse is 60 to 100 beats per minute. Using your watch, uh, you will note any unexpected findings like um, uh, what tachycardia or bradycardia, right? If it's so slow or if it's too fast, okay, on the pulses. Pulse oximetry, the O2 saturation. These are all the sites you can measure O2 saturation. Again, I love these pictures because uh, they really, <laughs> they really tell you where you can go if you if you're having a lot of issues with their um, extremities or their upper extremities, like their fingers, right? So, oh, oops, I accidentally closed it. I, I, I hit the wrong X. So let's just go back. We'll go back. So we were just on pulse oximetry. We were finishing up. So make sure you know how to troubleshoot on uh, pulse oximetry. If they have nail polish, or um, if the patient has peripheral vascular disease or hypothermia, very low temps, you're gonna have a hard time uh, measuring uh, with the O2 saturation, especially on their fingers. So try the other, other sites, okay? Like the forehead, um, their ear lobe, or um, the nair okay, of their nose. So that will definitely help you. So making sure you know how to troubleshoot 
for uh, PVD, hypothermia, vasoconstriction, whatnot. Respirations. As you're listening and looking at the patients when they take a deep breath in and out and you count what, right? Uh, what is the normal uh, respirations for the adult? 12 to 20 beats per minute, correct? Okay. So um, you're going to watch your clock, your time, and anything unexpected, tachypnea. <gasps> or apnea when they kind of stopped, absence of breath, okay? Or bradypnea, a very slow, a slow breathing. You know, you know when to expect it's kind of slow a breathing when they're sleeping, okay? And if they're post-op patients, uh, that's why we're there as nurses encouraging, okay, start deep breathing because your breaths are really shallow, they're really low. With all that anesthesia they have, they have to get that out by deep breaths, okay? All the factors that affect respirations, exercise, pain, walking up the stairs, <laughs> anxiety, smoking, smoking, body position, medication, okay, neuro injuries, and then you have blood pressure. These are the sites you can... Assess blood pressure, uh, making sure that the cuff is not too loose or not too tight and nice and snug with two finger widths right under the cuff. Uh, know your stethoscope parts, especially the bell detects the abnormal heart tones like murmurs, you know, those blowing sounds. Love the push, love the push. Okay, so uh, make sure you study the parts and the cuff expected uh the stage one and stage two hypertension it's stage one 130 to 139 systolic and 80 to 89 diastolic and then a stage two would be uh blood pressure 140 systolic and uh, diastolic would be 90 okay greater or equal to and then it's elevated if it's 120 to 129 systolic uh and then um uh, an elevated pressure, uh, excuse me, 120, 129, uh, systolic and diastolic pressure less than 80, okay? So you know that the normal uh, range of blood pressure should be less than 120, systolic and less than 80, diastolic, okay? Talks about cuff placement and what factors affect blood pressure, smoking, sex, ethnicity, medications, obesity, okay? All right, last but not least, you got the pain assessment, which is subjective, right? And the types of pain that you have to differentiate from is acute and chronic. Uh, the pain assessment is PQRST. So you're gonna ask questions to your patient. Oh, so what provoked Okay, what what uh, what provoked your pain, or what were you doing when the pain started? What about quality? Can you describe the pain? Is it throbbing? Is it burning? Is it aching? What about the region? Where is your pain at? Severity, using the scale from zero to ten, ten being the worst pain. Can you rate your pain for me? 
then the timing. When did the pain start? Does the pain come and go? I mean, is it intermittent or constant? Just does it stay there? Okay. What makes it worse or better? All right, so that's your pain assessment and how you uh, gather all your information for your general survey, your vital signs, and pain. Know your objective subjective information. That is it for uh, this video. Thank you so much for listening. Bruce Lee said, knowing is not enough, we must apply. Willing is not enough, we must do. Keep up the preparation for applying your knowledge in your classes and with NCLEX preparation. I know you are willing, but now you must do it. Thank you for tuning in to West Coast University Los Angeles Operation Pass NCLEX. We will be back again next week with a new learning experience. Yeah.